How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Coach's Corner Podcast. And today I'm joined with life and leadership coach, Renee DeQuinnan. Renee, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Tony. It's such a pleasure. No, like we've been chatting for, for a little bit before <laughs> this started, just because we've had a, an amazing conversation yeah, about have. what you do. Yeah. You're really helping some people, huh? You know what? It's the it's the best job in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a job. I can't call it that. Uh, it's, I, I just love every single moment of it. Now, one of the things is because... You know, obviously, people listening, it's obvious. You got a little bit of an accent. You're originally from <laughs> South Africa, right? I am indeed, yes. Tell me about that. What was uh, what was life in South Africa like as compared to here in the States? Oh, my gosh. You know, when, when you live in a different country, you always think other places are different and exotic. <laughs> at, the, at the most basic level, we're all human beings. Yeah. And um, as you and I were talking, we're we're somehow universally connected. Absolutely. Um, in community as small as our neighborhoods or our families and as large as the whole population of this globe. Did you always feel that way growing up? Oh, no, not, not at, at all. all. Very, very much more insular growing up um, in a very conservative South African environment. Yeah. Um, and to be frank, in a um, in a much in an apartheid environment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, South Africa came uh, came out of apartheid as when I was already an adult. Wow. And um, it was probably one of the most amazing experiences in Just my to, life. To witness it? To witness it. I bet. Yes. Um, and uh, also simultaneously um, getting married, having a family, and raising my boys, and then getting the opportunity to work and live in the greater London area. Yeah, because you didn't start off in coaching, right? I did not, no. I started off working for a global oil company. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm very grateful for the opportunities that gifted me and my family. Um, and I was, uh, you know, we moved basically from Johannesburg to Cape Town in South Africa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if anybody's looking for a great place to live, go live in Cape Town. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It is It is amazing. You miss it? I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, I miss... Parts of it. Parts of it, yeah. yes. Because my life is here now. You know, I loved, we loved as a family living in London. That was so amazing uh, and my boys enjoyed that so much because they were at just the right age to what, what ages were they there from they were there from uh, let me try and figure it out now um sort of 10 and 7 uh through to 12 and 9 ish oh, wow, wow. yeah very cool yeah. that is a yeah. cool experience and then Came to the States. Came to the States. And came to Chicago. Came to the Chicago area, yes. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So when when did you make the decision from life in corporate America, from an oil company, <laughs> you know, an international oil company to become a, a, a life and leadership coach? Well, I had always uh, coached at some level, um, whether teens uh, oh. through our church, yeah, I I did some mentoring and coaching, developed a peer mentoring program with our uh, in our church. That's really cool. Yeah, that was very that was very awesome. So I I uh, educated and uh, developed the kids 
the seniors and juniors to be peer mentors for wow. the for the younger kids and and that was a that was an amazing experience and but then you know your life moves on and my kids were no longer at school and um and i was still working in corporate america and uh, then the oil price tanked <laughs> <laughs> and you know i don't i don't know how much you know about global organizations but there's always a back and forth between local and global, and oh, um, you know, are you are you uh, expanding or contracting? And of course, they contracted when the oil price tanked, and um, there was a there was a requirement to have the whole department back in London, and um, I decided to take a package. So that was, oh, and wow. we stayed, we remained in, in in the U.S. My boys were, one was in the Marines, one was in, uh, just about to go to college, so I wasn't going to go anywhere else. Yeah, and yeah. We we loved living here. We, we have a wonderful community um, of friends, and it's just unimaginable for me to even oh. think that we would live anywhere else. So despite the weather, <laughs> we stayed. <laughs> and my boys are here, yeah. you know. Well, I'm um, glad you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad I did too. But fast forward a couple of years, I met up with uh, um, somebody from Leadership Management International, and I started getting connected into the leadership development uh, area. And again, it sort of connected to what I did before, but it wasn't exactly what I did before. Sure. And uh, but it really energized me, and from that, sort of came a uh, one of my. It's, I wouldn't say it's. She's a colleague. She's a person that I um, that I knew through the leadership uh, training, and. Are you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> that I knew through the leadership training, and she she invited me. She's become a really good friend. She invited me to a coaching uh, class. Oh. Um, and of course, this company does a really good job. They're called IPEC, and they if you if you attend a class, you can bring somebody for free. Oh, okay. And I was the for free, and um, well. The rest is history because they hooked me in <laughs> and then I stayed for the rest of the program. And I am so grateful I did. There's so many things that happened in my life at that time that um, the teachings from that program even helped me process, you know, personal tragedies in my life. Interesting. That I, I don't know if I would have had the skills to work through them if I did not firstly have my faith and secondly have this training in being aware of myself and how I show up and deal with the, the adversity in my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just grown from there. I, I'm now a coach, <laughs> fully <laughs> certified professional coach. And uh, I also st still do leadership development, and yeah. um, it's just an awesome journey. I, f I feel like it's the, it is the profession 
I have been training for all my life. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Now, obviously, we're the Coach's Corner podcast. And so people you know, that are listening could be coaching or in coaching or right. you know, have experience with coaching or coaches. But, you know, for, for those that don't, right, it, it's, it's kind of um, – it's not like the Wild West or anything, but it, <laughs> there's no centralized organization. There's no governance, right? Um, so it seems like what, and I'm just kind of going off of what I'm, yeah. I'm hearing with yeah, LMI. Yeah. It seems like you kind of gravitated towards what was already in sort of like a structure, right? That LMI yes. provides that is really geared towards leadership because coaching is very, very broad, right? Yes. Where, I mean, you could have a, a diet coach, you could have a relationship oh, coach, yeah. right? But you're focusing on leadership and from our previous conversation, it just seems like self-discovery is, at, is really at the core uh, of that, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about the program and, and just not necessarily how it differs, but just maybe some of the uh, more intimate intricacies of you know the program that you follow to start that got you hooked on I'm becoming Absolutely. a coach. Yeah. So actually, there are several governing bodies for coaches. The entry level is very low. Anybody can hang out a shingle and say they're a coach. Right, right. Um, as you said, anything from diet to sport to uh, business, whatever. Um, but I have uh, I have a, a certification. It's called the Certified Professional Coach Certification, um, governed by the International Coaching Federation. And the organization that I studied through is called IPEC, I-P-E-C. And so um, I would just make this recommendation. If people are seeking out coaches, find somebody that has a certification because you know that they have training and that they have a model and a structure under which they work that uh, determines the ethics the values, and the uh, eventual outcomes for people. Um, as I said, anybody can be a coach. Yeah. So y- you really want somebody with a l- at least some certification or some education in the field. Um, as I said, I've, I've coached before with no education, <laughs> right, right. and I'm coaching now, and I can tell you that there is definitely a difference. And I am a much better coach now <laughs> than I was before I uh, embarked on this journey. But I, you know, going back to your question about what what is the structure that I follow, right. um, the IPEC model works on the basis of uh, shifting energy, hmm. shifting energy from levels where you feel stuck to levels where you step into your power and where you embrace your life in a way that you want. So coaching is not telling. Coaching is not, uh, it's not even mentoring. Coaching isn't educating. Coaching is, uh, I, I describe coaching as imagine your life as a large ball of colored yarn and it's all tangled up and when you work with a coach you you determine for yourself which thread you want to pick at and with the support of your coach you determine what you want to do with that thread do you want to unravel it 
and uh, neatly roll it up and put it aside? Do you want to really pick through it and investigate and elaborate on what is going on with that thread and then decide you maybe you want to discard it? Uh, maybe you want to weave that thread into a new tapestry. So that is the image I, I use when I describe what coaching is, is it's your yarn. It's your ball <laughs> of tangled yarn. And my role is to help you unravel it and figure out what you want to do with each of those bits and pieces of tangled yarn. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you said something that, you know, really stuck out with me, which was it just seems like you're not giving or you're not claiming to give anyone anything in terms of power, right? But stepping into your own power. Yes. And so it's really, you know, discovering that or learning that you have that yeah. to begin with. Um how you know, where where does I guess maybe not so much a challenge, right? But in terms of connecting with your your client or those that you are are coaching. Um you, you mentioned your faith, too, as being a big part of that. You know, is it important to align with a coach that has those same principles, same values, same beliefs before you even, you know, begin on that journey? Just because if you're not kind of coming at it from that same, at least, you know, shared mindset or values, would it be more difficult? You know, I guess I'm just trying to understand that a little bit. Um, and especially for those that are listening who are considering hiring a coach. You know, that's such a good question, because if you're... If you're a good coach, if you're a, an excellent coach, and if you know what you're doing, if you're well-trained and you're a experienced coach, that should not get in your way. Sure. You should be able to coach anybody um, about anything. Does that happen, though? Not necessarily. There are coaches who find their niche and they stick to that niche and it's great because they that's what their passion is. That's what drives them. Um, again, for instance, uh, sporting coaches or coaches who focus on nutrition or coaches who focus on um, you know mind body connection though and coaches who coach children or or young adults but um, in general you sh- as a, as a, if you're a good coach you should be able to coach somebody even if you do not align I'll give you an, a little example and I'm sure you're going to edit this so you can edit this part <laughs> out but um, during the uh, during the previous election I was coaching somebody that uh, had a completely alternative political view from myself. And that person was struggling with, with their particular viewpoint seemingly being disregarded. Mm. And it, it took a lot of energy from me not to jump in and try and persuade them differently. But I was able to coach them through their emotional journey towards a place where they felt that they had more say in their own political future as opposed to when they came into the conversation. Yeah. 
And so that's the that's the point of the type of coaching that I do is that I'm always shifting the energy. I'm always shifting people towards determining what they want and how they want to live that out, how they want to step into that. Um, so that's just an example of how even if you're not aligned, how you can still coach the energy around the topic. Yeah, no, it just seems like it's something that, that guides you and your, your guiding principle, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that you're teaching, right? That's, that's what I'm hearing more than anything yeah. else is that yeah. it's part of who you are and that's, you can't take that away from you, right? Right. <laughs> but it doesn't right. mean that that's something you're imposing oh, no. uh, on others ever. Oh, no. Um, so tell me about the approach you take, right? Someone says, I've never worked with a coach, Renee. Uh, you know, I'm, I got this thing in my life or I just want to develop you know, myself more. I want these things that I just can't seem to, to reach or attain. What's that, what's that first step uh, towards, you know, I guess, building that relationship with you uh, and, and working towards a, you know, a coaching relationship? We always start with a discovery conversation. Um, who are you? What do you want? Do you do, they, do you even know what you want? You know, and often, interestingly, people might come into the coaching relationship saying, this is my goal. This is what I want to achieve. But the moment you start unpeeling the layers of the onion or picking at those threads, there is the you you recognize that there are different things that are perhaps driving the person. Um, but we do have an introductory conversation and then we decide, do we want to work together? Is it a good fit? Does the person feel comfortable with me? And as coaches, we we have an unwritten, I don't want to call it rule, but unwritten understanding that if somebody does not, if we don't, um, if, if we don't connect or if somebody doesn't feel comfortable with you as a person doing the coaching, then we always refer mm. them to gotcha. somebody else. Gotcha. So I do want to make it also clear. We don't coach. We don't um, we don't diagnose. So because you're not therapist. No, I mean, we're not therapist. Not, right. We would ne- I would never diagnose somebody with a mental illness or a mental condition apart from if somebody indicates harm to themselves or others then i would immediately refer them to a professional or even if i suspect that there might be more going on that is above my pay grade Mm -hmm. and above my skill level i would immediately refer somebody either to a uh, health professional or a mental health professional Um, and then very slowly we start un, un, uh, unpicking those threads in uh, our conversations. And, and it's very conversational, very much like this, very much like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's about asking questions and about being curious about the other person and helping them discover what they really want and um, raising their awareness about several things you know when you're when you come forward with saying uh, i have one client um, who he wants to become a better leader now that is a huge bucket right Mm -hmm. you can where which part of leadership do you want to improve on Um, and then you start um, with those threads um, around self-worth 
threads around self-image, threads around how you show up, threads around how you talk about yourself. Yeah, I have a client who is um, he he really wants to um, progress in the organization and show up as a strong leader, but he's he's always putting himself down. So he doesn't he doesn't talk about he he thinks he's humble. Mean, meanwhile, he's self-deprecating. And there's a big difference between that. Being humble is being um, really able to be powerful without pushy. But self-deprecating tells everybody else that you don't have belief in yourself. Right. And uh, so we're working through that. And we started with leadership. Now we're working on, you know, uh, self-deprecation and, and confidence, humility really, right? and confidence, yes. Because like, humility comes from confidence. I mean, if you're humble, yeah. right, and, and you know something, you can't be humble if you're not confident. Yeah, you have to have confidence first. And that is so true. You know, <laughs> if you're if you're this loud mouth and you're you know out there, some people do lead like that, and and it is a style, absolutely. And if it works for you, that's perfectly fine. But, but it doesn't always reflect confidence. No. It doesn't. Right. No. Like it a, could be a shield that people hide exactly, behind. Exactly. Yeah. No, and then you see I think more often than not it's that. Right. Yeah. It's just because you're the alpha male or alpha female <laughs> in the room, right? Doesn't mean that you're necessarily uh, have that confidence. Yeah. It's just that maybe the others in the room have less confidence than you. <laughs> right. You, know, you never right. know. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so is is the idea that, you know, with the program, do I come to you because and I'm sure it's probably a combination of things, but typically, you know, is it that I have this goal in mind and, and even if it is better, right, a better leader, it's, it's, it's very vague, but there, there could be uh, an end date to that. Like, oh, I'm better. And so I kind of went through this program. Now I'm better. Great. Mission accomplished. Yeah. So is it that or is it more of, you know, ongoing and being a better leader means having a coach. And so therefore it's something that you know, you're going to have this person as a you know, client forever kind of thing. What, you know, what does that look like? In terms <laughs> oh, I <of> wish. <laughs> <laughs> there is the opportunity, of course. And, and I have long-term clients that I've been coaching for more than two years. Um, and that is seen as long-term. We start with three months. Mm, okay. And maybe like weekly m- meetings. Um, of course, COVID put a <laughs> wrench into in-person meetings. But we find Zoom and sometimes even just the phone very effective tools. And the reason for that is that you can determine somebody's energy level just by listening to their voice yeah. or just seeing them on the screen. You can, it's their so, demeanor, right? Everything. yeah, it's, it's written all over you if you're in tune or inclined to be in tune with other people's expressions, body language, etc. cetera. Um, but yes, we start with a three month package. I do. Mm-hmm. Everybody can, everybody does their own thing. Sure. Um, and most often my clients extend it. And to, for another three months or another three months and another three months. Um, but usually in three-month increments. Th- sort of three-month increments. Uh, and then eventually they say, ah, just build me every month <laughs> or build me every quarter. Sure. You know, and uh, then, then we just keep going. Um, and sometimes we pull back. Uh, I, I meet with my coach every alternate week. 
so by the way, every coach has a coach. <laughs> well, most coaches should, have yeah, a coach. Should anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because although we know all of, we have all of this these skills, applying it to yourself is really, really hard. Sure. And you know, you have to take a long hard look in the mirror to <laughs> to be able to apply it to yourself. So it's always very good to have a sounding board. Um and you also learn different skills because mm-hmm. people have different styles. And it's awesome to have a coach and Absolutely. that person does things differently. Um, and yeah, so it really depends on the individual, depends on what their end goal is, if they even have an end goal. Um, and every, But the one thing that we do do in coaching that, in my type of coaching, by I should add, that is very specific is we always and we call it forwarding the action so at the end of a session we always reflect what did what were your insights what did you gain in our um or not perhaps you know did did we just go around in circles and were you just processing that's another thing people do that um and what do you want to do next what are you going to do in between the time that we meet meet now and meet next time and that that puts the onus on the individual to not only talk but to also the take action to participate to right? participate in their own progress yeah um and they you know as in leadership development so also in coaching it doesn't if you you can have the right mindset you can have the right goals in place you can even have it all planned out and scheduled but unless you take the action nothing's going to change so you have to um, you have to take that responsibility and hold yourself accountable absolutely absolutely well if you're listening and you feel like you want to hold yourself accountable and be responsible for uh, you know, the next part of, uh, of your life, I, I would strongly encourage you to reach out to Renee because one, just such a kind human being and, and a pleasure to, to chat with that I, I can't imagine it would be any different working with you. So um, if, if, if again, if that resonates with you, I would encourage you to fill out the form below, contact Renee uh, directly. But Renee, love our conversation, our chats you know, beforehand, and, and I can't wait to do it again with you. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much, no, Tony. Thank you for being here.